The hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. Got to tell you, I'm glad you joined us today because I think that we have another great show for you. Now, what I'm trying to do is each week is to give you at least one good idea, just one good idea that you can walk away with and start doing your own research on because you always have to do your own research and see if the idea is appropriate for you. Don't forget that. And it may not even be a stock idea. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have Brett Bernstein on. And if you don't know Brett, Brett is a co-founder here And he's also a CFP. And we're going to be talking about financial planning and some things that you may want to think about as we get closer to year end. So you don't want to miss that. You know, we put a lot of emphasis on the planning process here at XML because that's really the foundation for everything we do. Let's jump right into the markets. The FOMC, they met last week and really the market basically shrugged it off. And for the week, stayed relatively unchanged. They did announce that they would indeed start shrinking their balance sheet by $10 billion a month starting in October. And that wasn't really a surprise. That was kind of expected. As I said, we've started this transition from a liquidity-driven market to an earnings-driven market. Now, what may have surprised some folks is that they kept the prospects for a December rate hike on the table. In my opinion, the market, the market is focused on the reaccelerating global growth that's going on. A number of the more esoteric, highly sensitive growth indicators that are out there, well, they're surging. Things like the Baltic Dry Index, lumber prices, South Korean exports, and the leading economic index, which has risen for 12 straight months now. Oil prices. Well, oil prices... It, Oil's breaking out to the upside. And I know I'm in the great minority here, but I think oil goes to $60. And if that happens, then common sense would tell you that the oil stocks are going to do okay. And they have been over the last month. If this type of growth continues, then inflation is bound to pick up at some point. Usually there's an 18-month lag before you see that happen. Now, Inflation means businesses enjoy some pricing power. They can raise prices. And if labor market, if the labor market continues to stay healthy, well, you would think that corporate profit margins would continue to rise. All that is good news. But the question is, is how much of that is already priced into the market? Well, you'd have to think a good bit of it, right? Since the market is trading near record valuations. I think the market goes higher by year end. Yes, we could always at any time encounter a setback. (laughs) Now, that's a nice way of saying, yeah, we could get hit with a 5 or 10% correction, but that wouldn't be unusual from a historical sense. It's unusual that we haven't had one for so long and people may forget that it's normal, but a 5 or 10% correction in any one year, it's pretty normal. Stay conservative and as always focus on value. Even if you think the market is going higher, well, that doesn't mean you automatically go out and buy stocks. You want to make sure that you're buying good companies for less than what you think they're worth. Let me give you one of those companies. 
Now, keep in mind, as I said earlier, keep in mind what this show is about. Each week, I'm trying to give you one idea that you can do your own research on. You just don't go out and buy something because you heard it on the radio or TV. You have to do your own work. Last week, I spent some time on Apple, symbol AAPL. If you missed it, you can always go back and listen to last week's podcast. It's on iTunes now. It's on Google. You can go visit us, uh, visit our website at xmlfg.com. You can find it there. We keep the archives there. But let me give you a quick version now. Apple, symbol AAPL, trading right around 150 Now, I think they're going to earn about $10.25 next year. And next year isn't that far away. So at 150 it's trading at about 14 and a half times next year's earnings guess. Now, I know, I know, that's more than the average that it's been at over the last five years. But let's think about this. Do you think Apple is an average company? I don't. I think it's a better than average company, but everyone has their own opinion. I know. Even if you think Apple is an average company compared to all the rest of the companies in the S&P, wouldn't you think that it would trade at a higher valuation, higher than 16, 17 times earnings when the market is much higher? Now, according to ValueLine, Apple, they have a relative P.E. of 0.84. And what that means is that the average company in the value line universe, which is about 1,700 of them, the average company trades at a one. That's the average. So at 0.84, well, Apple is trading for much less than the average company in the value line universe. That doesn't make any sense to me. It has a great balance sheet. As a matter of fact, They have $30 per share in cash. That's net. They're generating a ton of free cash flow. Now, the stock is pulled back here, which gives us the opportunity. I said last week, if you own it, own it. But if you didn't, I would start to nibble at under 155. And then then I'd buy the rest under 145 if it got there. Well, here we are. It's trading under 155. So I'm a nibbler. Well, in reality, I'm not because I already own my fair share of the company. But you know what I mean. It's time for a short break. When we come back, it'll be time for some fun stuff. We'll be talking about two of my favorite stocks. This is Eric Whiteman. We are back in just a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. If you happen to miss a show, well, don't worry. You can always catch up by visiting us at our website, xmlfg.com. I always say it twice. It's xmlfg.com or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, where podcasts live. As a matter of fact, if you have an iPhone, and I can tell you this because I have an iPhone, there's a podcast icon there. You can just click on it, 
type in common sense investing and pop you'll you'll see us and you can subscribe so it comes right to your phone makes it real easy for you if you're going out for a run or you're at the gym or what have you I got a question this week. And if you have a question, you can email us at podcast at XMLFG. That's plural. So it's podcast at XMLFG. The question was, I've been talking about the home improvement stocks, but what about the home builders? What do you think about those? Do they still have some upside? And I thought it was a great question. I've liked the builders over the last couple of years, but I tell you what, I like the home improvement stocks more now, and here's why. According to the Commerce Department, housing starts fell in August, and that was the second straight monthly decline. Not real worried. And this really isn't surprising to me because lumber prices are bumping up against their five-year high, and this cuts in the profit margins for the home builders. Their cost goes up, and you would expect demand for labor to continue to climb during hurricanes, uh, the hurricane rebuilding. So I think lumber prices continue up. You would think that this carries its way through to the lumber suppliers like Lowe's, which I've talked about and said I've liked under $76, but it doesn't. Home improvement retailers actually benefit from high, higher lumber prices because they generally earn a fixed spread over the cost. This translates into higher sales and greater profitability for the retailers. So I'd continue to look at Lowe's, symbol L-O-W, under $76. Right now it's getting closer to $79, so just be patient. If you do want to look at the home builders, I would look at something like Pulte, which is symbol PHM. The problem with most home builders is that their balance sheets aren't as good as I'd like them to be. NVR may be the exception here, and they don't pay out a whole lot in the form of dividends. But if you want to go down this path, I'd look at NVR. I think they're one of the best, and their business model is different than the others. So you want to research that. But they're they're just way too expensive for me here. And the other is Pulte, symbol PHM, a little bit more risky. They're trading under 10 times next year's earnings, and they've been buying back a bunch of stock. All in all, I prefer Lowe's. If you've noticed, the transports and the small caps have been staging a comeback here of late, which is good news for the market overall, because from a technical standpoint, they're confirming the S&P and the Dow highs. I like FedEx, symbol FDX, trading around 219 right now. This is an old favorite of mine that I've owned for a couple of years, and I thought thought I'd talk about it here for a couple of reasons. From a big picture perspective, the world economies as a whole have been doing pretty darn well. And we've seen global export expectations. We've seen global ton mile ship climb. As a matter of fact, on FDX's conference call, they said that this was the best year for global trade in years. And secondly, from a company perspective, they released earnings last week. Let's talk about the earnings because they were a bit confusing to a lot of people. First, let me set the stage for you. FDX bought a European company, TNT, and TNT was the victim of a worldwide cyber attack a few months ago. Now, analysts were expecting them to earn 303 but they came in at an adjusted 251. So it was a huge miss. But it tells me that the analysts weren't fully accounting for the loss of business caused 
by the cyber attack. If you had properly accounted for that and a couple of items, other items there, the quarter was right on. So to me, it was a decent quarter all in all, all things considered. What FDX also did during the call was they brought down their full year's earnings guidance because of this TNT issue. Now, FedEx has four segments, two larger segments, one smaller one, and one you'll barely hear me mention. Last quarter, the express part of the business was 57% of their revenue, with the ground segment being about 30% of revenue. And then you have the freight business, which accounts for about 11% of revenue. And the smallest piece is the services business, which is about 3% of revenues. And that's really about all, say, about them, that, that small services piece. The biggest piece is the Express. They're the largest cargo airliner in the world. 57% of the revenues with almost 8% margins. The ground business is 30% of revenues, and they produce margins in the mid-teens. The ground business is almost twice as profitable as the express business, which really explains why they bought TNT in the first place. If you think about the express business, it has a relatively high operating cost. Just think about the, the 659 planes they have and the fuel and the maintenance that goes along with having those planes. Now, once you cover those fixed costs, you put more and more towards the bottom line. So it's important for FedEx that they focus on the growth and productivity when it comes to the express segment. Every uh, 1% or 100 basis points, as they say, for every 1% in improved margin, well, that equates to about 50 cents in earnings per share. And FedEx has been spending a lot to modernize its fleet and facilities, which will hopefully pay off in the long run. They also announced that they were increasing their prices by almost 5% starting in January. Right now, the stock is trading at 218, right around there. And I expect them to earn about 12 and a half dollars next year, which means that they're trading at about 17 times next year's earnings guesstimate. That comes out to about average over the last 15 years. You know what, well, you know what comes next, right? That's too much for me to pay because I'm cheap. I do a little buying under 205, which would be about 16 times next year's earnings, which isn't crazy. And if we get a correction and it hits 190, well, that's when I start looking at owning a more full type position. And again, that depends on your definition of full type position. That would be just about 15 times earnings. $190 would put them at just about 15 times next year's earnings guesstimate. Hey, they have a good balance sheet, A++, fantastic balance sheet, A++ from Value Line. They get 100 in earnings predictability and a one for safety. These are all the highest marks you can get. Here you have a very high quality company trading for less than what the market is, even though they've grown their earnings on average of better than 16% per year for the last five years. My only wish here is that they paid a higher dividend. Tell you what, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. And since this is a new show, if you found it useful, please tell your friends how they can find us. We'll be doing, uh, be doing a new show every Wednesday. And remember, we believe it's just as important to protect your assets 
as it is to grow. This has been Eric Whiteman for the Common Sense Investing Show. during this podcast are those of the host and may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Information provided should not be construed as personalized investment advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. You should consult your personal financial advisor before investing to make sure an investment is appropriate for your situation. Furthermore, this information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor. Investing strategies such as asset allocation, diversification, or rebalancing do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. There are no guarantees that a portfolio employing these or any other strategy will outperform a portfolio that does not engage in such strategies. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.